0: Chapter in the first verse has the arm of the Lord been shortened that it cannot save. uh, We know the answer is no, but these same people that were looking for God or trying to attribute the problem to God was in their selves deficient. Just as the church is today, the people of God is today, they're deficient in their worship, they're deficient in their belief, they're deficient in seeing and knowing the true God. And I'm going to start this off where I left off at last Sunday. The, arm, the common instrument of strength and agency is often used in Scripture as an emblem of power. So we see the hand or the arm of God is only another expression of his might. And they had been in captivity and had came back from captivity and their condition that they were in similar to what Egypt was in. In, I mean, Israel was in in Egypt, but it's not dissimilar because they didn't follow the Lord and know the Lord as after the captivity because they had been given the law and they had transgressed the law and they was in transgression the reason they went in captivity because they had polluted and profaned God's Sabbath and not observed the Sabbath. So they were weak in following the law the law of God. Just as the church today it know what the Word of God prescribes. It know what the Word of God says. Jew a Gentile, because it says, "Who had believed, or who had the arm of the Lord been revealed unto?" We have all of these people in the church saying the Lord spoke to them in the Spirit of the Lord and confessing Jesus Christ. But you can see the signs that follow those that believe. Uh, children of God, especially if you've been in it a while, you can tell the ones who really believe God that you de- develop a discernment and you can develop something even though it isn't for us to judge one another. But by knowing God's word, just as the scripture says, by their fruits you shall know them. That's how tell you about uh, Rob Reiner. He was used to be on the show All in the Family. Norman Lear was the producer of that show, the creator of that show. Norman Lear died last year or whatever. Rob Reiner is an atheist. Rob Reiner is an atheist, but he made a, a, a documentary, and I tell you, I wanted to see it. I asked my sons last night, had they heard about it or whatever, called God and Country. I think that's the name of it. I have it on here uh, somewhere to make sure I watch it when it comes out. But it's about Christian nationalism. And he said he had been observing it for a long time. Because there's so many people in the church in saying America is a Christian nation and so many people go to churches. But you've got probably about 70% or 80% a false positives, in other words, are not true Christians. They profess the name of Christ, but it's just like Israel, only the believing remnant. God always have a remnant that could be saved. It just says that out of the church, He's going to serve a remnant. You don't think that the church body is the whole church is saved. You can look at it from the level the letters written in the book of Revelations, when Jesus says He's going to come back and fight against portions of the church that don't, don't repent because they've transgressed Him, but here the prophet is asking a question. Or uh, the prophet is using a rhetorical device here. And Psalms 89 and, and 13 says, "Thou has a mighty arm; strong is thine hand; high is thine right hand." The living reads. Strong is your arm, strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. So we know God's power, it is, is glorious power, power is still working, and he's working out his plan. Now in God's, as we studied last time about the Sabbath, he said that his father doeth yet work. So God is working, and he, and he continues to work all the time. He has been working ever since the beginning. When it says God rested on the Sabbath, and Jesus says, My Father, do it yet work. Only those of us that observe the Sabbath and delight ourselves in the Sabbath understand what God rested meant. Yes. That's the ones who understand, just like the ones that says, Wait upon the Lord. They understand what wait mean, and wait don't mean not doing anything. But it means there's a lot of people busy doing a lot of things, but they're not accomplishing anything because they're motivated, they're self-motivated and thinks that their works contribute to their salvation. Whereas God's people are busy working, because, but they know that work has nothing to attribute to their salvation, is that they're saved by grace. Same way Noah was saved. Noah was saved by grace. Abraham was saved because he what had faith he believed God. Isaiah fifty three and one says Who had believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Uh, the amplified reads Who has believed that he is confidently trusted in and relied on and adhered to the gospel? The gospel is the report. It's the message that the prophets had carried forth. But it wasn't in that context because Jesus Christ hadn't come yet. And the gospel proclaims that the the deliverer, which is Jesus Christ, has come. And we know that he's the deliverer. He's the Messiah. Whereas they were looking and asking, was God able, has his his hand was shortened, that he wasn't able to deliver the people because they hadn't been delivered and they didn't feel themselves being delivered because it's a lot of us in the process of being delivered. Until you finish or run your course, you're still in the transition period of, period of being delivered, but you know you have been saved. So we know, and Mark has one of those Gospels say, he who believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he who believeth not shall be damned. So these signs, he says, shall follow those that believe. And he lists signs. But we know only our adulterous generation believe it, of looking for signs or whatever. But we can see people's actions and things people do, just like the water woman that cast in all the mites or whatever. Uh, just like there's a certain conviction that the Spirit gives you to enlighten you to certain things, your conscience has changed. He's transforming your conscience and it made of awareness. It keeps you sharp. You, you remember, Sister Harris? Sometimes she would get on me if she forget, if she allowed the day, you know, she get direct deposit or whatever. But if she Ron and get those tithes left, or she'll bring him, forget her tithes or something, or whatever. Well, you know why you didn't remind me of whatever. See, the pastor do not like being able to see who tied and who's not tied, and to know about the tithes. But if Sister Harris, if I would, Deacon Hubbard would not get that tithes out of there, not because her conscience was stricter because. I was telling you about Brother Jackson, and when he came into the church that he was talking about cutting tide or whatever because of what Brother Parker, old brother, not this Parker, my friend Parker, but a different guy told him. But I knew if Don Ray was the kind, if he started believing or following God and understand some of the things of God, he's strict with money. He's like Brother Dent with money. Brother Dent, would, would, when he get his check or whatever, he would the first thing he would do, he would throw more than what his tide was in or whatever, because there's a certain conviction. You know, I, I tell you, Sister Jackson has a way, not that she's carried away with uh, legalism or whatever, but it's pretty. it would be pretty hard for you to think, have you ever seen her walk in here with pants or whatever? not that women can't wear pants and they had men and women robes in those days but it was certain things and that's what the Pharisees was the Pharisees was dictated on seeing things they was looking and seeing Jesus eat with sinners and they called him a glutton or whatever so they had a different way of seeing or whatever but he John the Baptist realized this about the Pharisees, and he told them, he says, you viper, you brood of vipers, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. In other words, let me see your works or what you're doing to show that you've repented or you've turned if you've been convicted. Once you've convicted, once the Spirit starts convicting you, it's not that you won't ever do it but you have awareness of sin. You realize that you can't continue in sin. Jesus had died to save you from these things. And that's what the Spirit is given to each and every one of us to, is to convict or convince us of sin. And once you start being aware, that's why it says forsake not to the assembling of yourselves together. Once you start hearing the gospel, and convicted by the gospel, those things you start laying aside the weights and sins because a lot of things I would preach on and she would say, oh, you told me, so I didn't know that was in there because you remember you said at at the church you used to go to, they didn't preach it that way or they didn't teach it that way. When you start hearing things, then you say, this is the gospel. That's why he, he charges his ministers to preach the word. You preach God's word, it has its convicting actions itself. It's not what condition the preacher in or the messenger is. Jonah didn't want the people of Nineveh to repent. He hated Nineveh, and he knew that Assyria was the country that was going to come in and supposedly destroy Israel, and it took them captivity. That's why he didn't want to go to Nineveh and preach. And when he went and preached, I, I don't know if he was enthusiastic about it because he had got thrown into the sea because he didn't want to go. He tried to run from God. But then after he preached, he says, yet 40 days. And now they don't tell us the whole text of the sermon or whatever. But the word, God used a word to convict the people. The people were so convicted, they turned to where they even didn't allow the animals to eat anything. They wouldn't feed the animals. Everything was fasting and mourning. So it, they believed Jonah's report that in 40 days, God was going to destroy Nineveh. God heard them. And what did God do? He re- gave them a reprieve. Prieve, proof. A reprieve. I'm saying proof. He gave them a reprieve. And he spared Nineveh. Bind by, and by I knew you was gonna do something like this, God. Didn't I say before you before I came and preached that you were gonna make me look bad that if they would do this and sure enough they did it and he was upset and he went outside the city because he sat out there to wait to see what God God could destroy him and God did destroy him and he was mad at him. But they believed what was preached. See, that's how he tells, for only those that believe shall have eternal life. You know the ones in the church that believe by their actions? You can tell the tree by the fruit it bear. Let me see your actions. And that's why he told David, now David, because you've done this, because he thought he had snuck and done it, everybody, probably all his children and everybody knew about the Bathsheba pregnancy about him killing Uriah. A lot of th- times you think things hid, but it, it, a whole lot of people know that, that. And then that was that's in the dark, he's going to bring it to the light. So nothing in your life you can do that is hidden from God. And be careful, birds of the air do tell the matter. I was talking to my wife about a matter that had came up that was told, but sometimes people don't broadcast what they've heard or whatever, but... A lot of people know what you've done done and know what's happening just because you know they're not saying anything, don't mean you didn't hear and got away with it. So he says, and who has believed, uh, the Amplified says, who had believed, that is, confidently trusted in and relied on and adhered to the message of salvation, and to whom if. has the arm and infinite power of the Lord been revealed? But on how, uh, the living says, but oh how few believe it. Who will listen? To whom will God reveal his saving power to? So those that are stronger, Daniel says that watch stronger in the Lord will do great exploits. It's a lot of people that are scared now, and they were scared then, they always could be scared. They're double-minded. They're fearful. But you see some of God's people accomplish great plights. You see people in the church that come in the church and develop and get strong. You see people in the world that are getting strong. Some of the ones in the world are getting strong. God is preparing them for place in the church, so that's what I said. Be aware when God's church, the rapid growth of God's church begin, it's going to be people from all persuasions and denomination and ethnic groups that come into the church that may have been unchurched or may coming from a church where people didn't follow God, but they're in search of the truth and God's truths could be made known. And they'll hear the voice of God, and they'll want to come up to the house of God because they're hungering for the word of God. They're thirsting and hungering. God says those that are hungry will be filled. Yes. Those that are hungering and thirst, But those are the ones that are searching for truth, that are seeking for truth. They're not in one place. Those are the ones that are praying to God and fasting to God for God to lead them to the right place. But they have to be right. God had seen what they were doing. That's why he hadn't answered. That's why they wasn't getting any results. If you are following a religious form but not getting a results, it may be hypocrisy. It may be you fooling yourselves. And that's why it says, lie not to one another. If we confess our faults to one another, see. But some some people, a lot of people outside the church, didn't come inside the church and lie to one another. It says lie not to one another. So sometimes you have a, a some churches have it to where you have a, a accountability partner. In other words, somebody, man or woman that um, usually a man have another man that say, man, I got a problem with panayafa. I got a problem with drinking. I got a problem with lust. And I got a problem with this. And I did this this week or whatever. Another woman has somebody, but it has to be somebody you can trust. Now watch it. Don't tell you to still blabber mouth with somebody or whatever. But there are mechanisms in order that we have to... Realized it's in the church because God's seen our fallibility. That man is fallible. Psalms 33, 18 and 19. This is when Saul was after David. You know how many times he attempted to kill old David? Uh, This, oh, not that song, Psalm. 18, 1-3, but I'm not there yet. Let me go back to Psalm 33, 18 through 19. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon those who fear and worship him with awe-inspired reverence and obedience, on those who hope confidently in compassion and loving kindness to rescue their lives from death and to keep them alive in famine. That's why David says he've never seen the righteous forsaken a seed begging for bread. Those people that as David is, that count on God. And I keep using Sister Harrison. I I remember some of the things Brother Washington had told me and had did about being a pastor, about a church or whatever. And a lot of times, you see church people that swear to their own hurt. In other words, as I was saying about some other people, they know they had made a vow to God. That's... You have to be more accountable to God than anyone. And that's where prayer and fasting, and that's where those things, because if you make a vow to the church, you make, it says, those that swear to their own hurt. In other words, it's a lot of people sacrifice things outside. In other words, they give up things at home, they may say, well, look, we're not going to be able to eat this, or we're not going to be able to do this for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, because I'm just short. Yes. But people that don't believe the report of God, that's your lamb that God died, God. If I'm short, I'm going to rob you, because I believe I can do this but I need to do these things at home to keep my husband or my wife or to keep my children happy. I told you about that Christmas entanglement. A lot of people did a lot of things at Christmas time, and now it's you seeing it. That's why God says, "Will a man rob God?" See, that's why when Job's friend was trying to accuse Job of wrongdoing, he said, No, it's not with, he knew it wasn't with anything with God. That's why God gave him double back everything he did because he had always give to the widow. Yes. He had always give to people in need. He had always blessed God's way. Mm. You know, I'd be doing things or whatever, and a guy. Come bothering me and I was right in the middle of it. I said, Collie. And I went there, I said, well, what do you want? Why you knocking on the door? Well, I just want to drink a little water out of your hose pipe. Can I drink a little water out of your hose pipe? I said, I got bottled water in there. If you want a bottle of cold water. No, I just would rather just drink it out of the hose pipe. Let me get a little water out there." He's going to get, I said, anything else you want before I go back to him getting ready to I Say, well, I could take a sandwich or something, something to eat or whatever. Say, so, okay, well, I'll fix you a sandwich. You want me to fix you a sandwich? You go eat it if I fix it. Yeah, I'll eat it or whatever. So, but how would I have been to slam the door in his face and say, get away from here? I I am busy right now, I can't do it. I'm studying for Bible study. Oh, you a priest, you're a person of God. And that's what God was telling them. You rob, you steal. You, in other words, you're doing all this out in the world. you shorten, you don't have mercy in the world. You oppress, you, you rob the stranger. They hadn't changed their lives. they were still doing the same thing, but they'd come to like the man who had was forgiven that amount, enormous amount of debt, and he asked the God to have mercy on him, but the God had owed him a little bit least. You know, sometimes they say, well, Rabbi, I need a dollar or two just to get this a dollar. I just have to, I, I'm behind. I need to get on the other side. Okay, look, I'm going to give you a dollar or two or whatever and this and that. Well, you just don't know whatever. I'm like, I don't know? You just got a dollar or two problem, two or three dollar problem? I need a couple of hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. I got problems here. I got Even my problems have problems. You said, I don't understand or I don't know? So they didn't realize that David trusted in the God of all power. And that's why David would steal. if you don't have time for people, if you can't see people in different situations, well, God may not hear you when you come to talk to him. If you're not a forgiving, a merciful person, God may not hear you. So God had the power, but they hadn't changed, and God's not going to hear a sinner's prayer. He has the power to do it, but he's waiting for you to get right. The eye of the Lord is on all men, but it is directed with special attention to those who fear him. Yes. The nations of this world have their security and military power. Some people's power is, their, is in their families, in their children. Why should God may take them children and that family away or something if he needs you to worship him or if God's trying to work out with you or something? But then he might not because that may be what pull you away from the Lord. Just like Ahab, you know, listening at his wife, God gave him a reprieve because he was obeying God. He humbled himself in some areas, but that didn't stop God from taking his life and saying that Ahab was worse of all men. And we're still are dealing with Jezebel in the book of Revelations because Jezebel is a spirit of seduction. She's the temptress. And he says that to seduce my servants to commit fornication and offer up sacrifices and doing these other things. said, He said, I'm not going to kill her. I'm going to kill her kids too. Mm. So we have to see that. Our security is in God. And that's why he tells you, Sometimes your enemies may be those of your own home. And if you would practice as God tells you to do, your firmness or your strength, they, that might draw them back into line. That might draw them into line. That That's what happened with a lot of men. They And that's what's going on in the Republican Party. And with some Democrats is, a lot of women says, they they don't they can't tolerate weak men, mm. but the, most of these women that are saying that are overbearing feminists that <laughs> gets God also. Mm. So there's a balance in the middle. though. The man has to be a man, but the woman also has to be a woman. You know she could be the problem, but she's dealing with something that God says He's going to destroy them both. Mm. That's why the. One could be saved, he says he's gonna take one and leave the other. So you can tell which one believe and which one don't believe. Ah, uh, if it's God's I remember by judging, though, know, you may not be able to judge it. So he says, To whom is the armor of the Lord revealed? Can can we find out why? It's not just a rhetorical question. <clears throat> a stretched out arm, uh uh, God making his arm bare ascribe, ascribes to God's significance. Uh, it signifies his power and promptness to protect or punish, because God's arm can protect Or uh, what he says he's made his arm bare. In other words, he's revealed unto them the power of God's working, because Some signs doesn't cause you to believe, but some signs were given that they would believe. You remember a lot of people that was following him was because of the miracles and things that he worked in. And they say, this is the son of God. And they attribute it to God. Whereas the Pharisees, they attribute it to Satan. It's according to whether you've been converted or not. It's according to whether these things God has put in motion how can I say this, for other people in the church to see what's manifest with the people in the church because sure as a, a group is in the church, y'all sitting there judging one another. Mm. So don't believe that the things you saying or whatever people looking at You know, I used to tell you, you know, about Sister Davis. I say, why don't she sit down and shut up her mouth? I couldn't be her, husband, but I know he ready to blow his brains out. That woman just couldn't stop running her trap. She would get up there, testimony service or whatever, and Solomon say it's better to dwell on a rooftop than in the house with a nagging a brawling woman with a constant drip, drip, drip. We got the testimony service to where brother Pastor Washington told me he had well, yeah, sister minister at that time and said, Brother Jackson, after this this many many minutes, cut it off or whatever, tell them to sit down or whatever because they would just go on and on and on. See, some people don't know when to hush. So there's a lot of people in the church knowing about these things. We had a sister in the church. She's passed down. But she was there was, was in the church meeting or something going on in the church. And one of the ministers was about to ask a question. And she put up her hand and said, now, look, and I don't want to call her name. but She said, but don't go asking no crazy questions that you already know the answer to. Because he was known for doing those things. So sometimes we get known for the things that we do. And God is known for his power to save, his power to deliver. But as the Hebrew boys say, we know God is able. God has the ability to deliver us. But whether he do deliver us or don't deliver us, we're not going to worship or bow down to your idols. We're not going to change worshiping God. Daniel was a man known for prayer with consistency. We knew Daniel was going to pray. Yes. And that's the trap that they set for him is whether, no matter how bad it was going to get, whether he was going to pray to God. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to learn to do, to call up on God or pray to God. Yes. But we can't go to God and pray to God with blood on our hands. That's why sometimes you can't come before God and say things. And uh, my daughter was talking to me about an issue or something, and she was saying, well, Daddy, I would have given him a little lead where I said, the thing about it was, instead of coming to me and telling me about it, and then I might have could have get, uh, or whatever, I said, well, no, you did the right thing. You had to let him go. You had to fire him, or whatever. The Bible even say, he who covered his sin shall not prosper. That's why I say it says confess your sins to one another. When something happens, you go to that individual and say, "Well, look, this is is what happened. Uh, this is going. I can't do this or whatever." Yes. Go to the a confession is good, but he never did confess it, and he came up with, and then he started making excuses as to why he did things. So it. She she's goes to church and she's believing in God. And she says she just prayed to God that she was doing the right thing. And, and because sometimes, like I say, we have to make cold, hard, difficult decisions and things. but you only can do is pray to God and ask God that to lead you and guide you in the right way. And he's, he hears your prayers. God's arm is often associated with redemption and salvation. Redemption and salvation. And that's what we're trying to focus on. We're trying to introduce this, but don't look like I'm going to get as far as I needed to get here. So it may be a part three to this. But Isaiah 52 and 10 says, The Lord has bared his holy arm. That is, he's shown his infinite power before the eyes of all the nations, revealing himself as the one by whom Israel is redeemed. That all the ends of the earth may see, but all won't see. And those that are hypocritical, there's a lot of people that won't see because they don't confess that they can't see or that they don't see. They go on and say, Oh, I see, I know I know. No you don't. Don't lie. Don't. Don't see you see something you don't. And that's what was the last, the seeing problem. They thought that they had no need of anything, that they were in good shape, that they were living comfortable, but they were poor, wretched, and naked. Exodus 6 and 6 says, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will free you from your, your bondage. I will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. And that's what God's doing today. He's releasing his people from bondage. Those that are a part of the church, that are part of his end time purpose of working and bring to brightness. But then some, it says the righteous are being taken away and none take it notice of it. And the one that is able to see the arm of the Lord uh, in prayer asking God, why is he doing this? To show them why, or a reason why these things are happening. And so, it's a consistent judgment and those that see the arm of the Lord see the judgment coming more and more and that the judgment is happening, that the judgment has begun. Yes, Isaiah 53 and 1, I just read, Who Has Believed? Our report, uh, 63 and 12 says, Who caused his glorious arm and infinite power to go at the right hand of Moses, the, dividing the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name. And all of the nations that had heard about this, about the people crossing the Red Sea on dry land, the, the magnificent works, that's what instilled, instilled fear into the people's hearts. That's why when they came into Jericho and all of the other places, it says in Genesis. Brother Den had asked me about that scripture. Was it true? Hornets? Did it? Was it hornets? And if you have, hear he old preachers, and you can tell some of the older preaching and teaching throughout the years where they didn't understand in scripture, or uh, the light of God hadn't prospered as far as it had today or whatever. But when he says the dread of the fear of the hearted, he was meaning that this was a deadly fear of dying, mm-hmm. a fear of something catastrophic happening to you. And that's why, you know, I, I was at a funeral at one of, uh, one of our members, uh, family members had passed or whatever, and the priest was given sacrament or whatever. And he told the people, if you're not part of the church, you're not one of the church or whatever, we ask you to abstain from sacrament. Yes. People don't realize that that's nothing to play with. Mm. Partaking of the table of the Lord may be the cause of some of your physical or spiritual ills. It says some are sick and some even sleep. Sometimes, if you take this unworthily, you just drink in sacrament of communion, not realizing what it stands for. It's just like some people talking about voodoo and these other different things or whatever. Some of these things may not have any power within themselves. You don't believe in that or whatever you want. Whether you believe in, in that or not, God said there's a many of spirits in the world. There are spirits and things out there, and that's why a lot of... Men or women are wary of each other or whatever because we can see, and I've had many a man, and that's why mostly I have older people that are older men that I usually confide in and go around and get a lot of my downtime in. In other words, you know, when I need somebody to talk to a conference or ask something or whatever, I have to see that they do believe God. You wouldn't go actually idiot. You don't gonna sit there and talk to a fool. There are a lot of old fools out there. That's because someone is old. That don't mean they got good sense. But there's a lot of things that travel by oral tradition. And you can see the steps. People learn with hunting, different characteristics of hunting and everything and, I, would want, I I was praying that my youngest son would have a son because he's an avid hunter, and he likes hunting and tracking, and he studies the ways of, of deer and different animals. He uses a bow to deer hunt. But by studying the ways of Satan, we've learned to know the schemes and vices of Satan. And so a lot of men, a lot of women can tell others. That's why it says the older women are to teach the younger women. But now you, you can't teach them anything. Yes. And sometimes you wouldn't want some of the older people to tell. You know, and it's dangerous when people talk about praying together. I don't want to pray with you. I don't want, no, man, you just stay as far apart as we can. You have to be careful nowadays. Everybody that come to church and hug your neck or whatever, the arm of the Lord may not been, just because they the Spirit of the Lord told them to tell you this, that, no, you, okay, you, you said your peace, go about your way. Mm-hmm. John 12, chapter 12, 37 to 4, it says, even though he had done so many signs of miracles, attesting right before them, yet they still did not believe and failed to trust him. This was to fulfill. This is the prophet John telling them, what Jesus did was to fulfill scriptures. The scripture he quoted was Isaiah 53 and one, where he says to whom has our message or who had believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Therefore they could not believe for Isaiah said it again. Here he is quoting scripture. So why do I believe in Jesus Christ? Why do I trust And know about the arm of the Lord hadn't lost his potency or power because God's doing everything to fulfill scripture. And notice how many times in the New Testament they quote the old scriptures and say this was to fulfill this scripture. Because God says he has the power to bring about and deliver on his word. He has the power to bring about his promise. He doesn't lack any power. There's none of God's power diminished whether we believe or not that doesn't make a difference (laughs) whether we believe or not. A lot of you used to see the bumper sign. God said, I believe it, and that confirms it. No, it don't confirm it just because you believe. The devil's believe. But what makes it true is that God says it, and we believe God, not that you believe. It's not about your belief. Now, your belief is paramount when it comes to you, But then there's other things involved in that because that's why James says even the devils believe. So just because you sit here and believe what I'm saying and believe scripture, that don't make you saved. It says even the devils believe. He says, Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and he has hardened their heart to keep them from seeing with their eyes. And understanding with their heart and being converted. That's the, that's the niche right there. And being converted. That's why Jesus says, look, seal this up. Don't say it unless they hear it and understand it and be converted. He says, unless understanding with their heart being converted, otherwise I would heal them. So all won't be healed. The gospel of it. When it's here to those that are lost, those the want that they want to believe, they may want to believe the report. They may believe the report. But then it shows that they are not repentant. And that's what these people they are talking about in 58 and 59. They're in the church. They're God's people. But they're wolves in sheep's clothing. Romans 10, 16 says, but they have not all believed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who had believed our report? That's Romans 10, 16. But they did not all pay attention to the good news of salvation. For Isaiah says, who has believed our report? That's the Amplified. The Living says, but not everyone who hears the good news of the gospel has welcomed it. For Isaiah, the prophet said, Lord, who has believed me when I told them? So there are other ways to determine whether a person believed or not. Yes. Deliverer. That appellation of Jesus. That's an appellation of Jesus Christ. He was the deliverer. And they didn't. The remnant. And I t- keep saying about a remnant. This speaks to the remnant of the, the Jews that believe in Jesus Christ. Because all Jews don't believe in Jesus Christ. now. That's where national Christianity is tripped up. When they're saying that America is built on a Judeo Christian platform or foundation or whatever, Judaism was not Christianity now. Mm-hmm. Judaism in itself was cultic in a way. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, all Israel, that is, all Jews who have a personal faith in Jesus as the Messiah, because they were the ones that put him on the cross. Yes, They was the ones that says, he's not our Messiah. That we have no king but Caesar. And Jesus told them, well, don't weep for me. You weep for your sons and daughters. Because he's going to send a Hitler along. He's going to send somebody along. He's going to send people that's anti-Semitic. Yes. The deliverer will come from Zion and he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. He's going to remove all the ungodliness from Jacob. Now, there's a scripture in the New Testament says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will sit down with Jesus, but the children of the kingdom shall be tossed out. Publicans and harlots will go in before that. There's a lot of people in the world that would act much better in the church than a lot of people that in the church are because the people in the church are fearful. They And you remember the fearful, those that don't have courage, the liars, you, the exemption. One of the exemptions is in Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 20th through the 22nd verse when he says, all liars, all these won't inherit the kingdom of God, all idolaters. Yes. Yes. There's a list of people that won't inherit. So if you believe God's word, don't be like, Benny hearing a lot of the word of faith people preach all of the good things out of the scripture and not pronounce the curses because that's what he told Isaiah. That's what he, the prophet says. You go and cry aloud and spare not. You declare, you show my people their sins and their transgression. That's why people are not gonna come into the church. Those that come into a true church, they'll mark their sins and transgression. If they have to get a divorce, That's why you see in Corinthians where Paul says that the unbelieving spouse can depart because the wife can cause the husband to not be united to Christ. The husband can't cause the wife to not be united to Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says, let them depart. God says that you should be at peace. So if someone's dragging you down, he says, your enemies may be those of your own household. Not in every situation, but one may be taken and one left. It's who stands up for Christ, who had seen Christ. Now, this Psalm 18 and 1 is the song of David was written at the time when the Lord had delivered him from many enemies, including Saul. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved. And I put your Amplified and the Living Versions in there. But David begins with fervently declaring his love for Christ. And you have to put Christ before even your own self. If you love mother, sister, father, brother, more than him, you're not worthy of him. And but he gives a host of things that God would deliver him for. There are eight names here, eight attributes of God expressed in his names. That's why when I come into the church, I used to hear some people trying to say about Jehovah Sitka, Jehovah Raphael, Jehovah Jireh, and all these, but. They didn't realize those was Old Testament names as people saw God and were acquainted with God. And here David has seven names of ways to be related to God. He knew God was his strength, his foundation, his place of safety, his fountain of life, his deliverer, his strong God, his de- defender, and the horn of his salvation. So David knew God in all of those aspects. How do you know God? In modern day politics? how do you know God? When a car needs repair, we take it to the person who has the title of a mechanic or the reputation of one. We do not take it to the dentist. My car is broke. I need to get my car fixed. But I have to go to the dentist tomorrow. I'm not taking my car to the dentist. I'm taking my mouth to the dentist where he can work on my teeth. Because these this dentist I know. But this other dentist, I don't go to because they messed it up in the first place. So I know, I don't believe that they are dentists uh, in the fact that, let me put this, that are sent by God. You know, some people have a calling in their lives, and that's why I always tell my children to find out what God's purpose for you is is in his life. Find out your purpose from God. Let nobody dissuade you from your purpose. If God calls you and there's a fervent and effectual call, you perfect what God did you. That's why nobody can beat a housewife from being a housewife. That's the top thing, cooking it. Taking care of the children and the home and all those things, mm-hmm. but if she was sent to be something else, she may not fare well as a housewife. Mm-hmm. Some women say, I, "I can't cook. I don't. I, I tried to cook. I don't know how to cook or whatever." Well, she told you what was out of our purview. Yes. Yeah. If a guy say, "Well, some guys can do mechanical work," some God has blessed us. Now Jesus could do all things. But in what we know with Jesus, he's all things to all people. So whenever in prayer and supplication, I bring everything to him because I know he's a father when you're fatherless, he's a friend when you're friendless, he's everything. If I need money, whatever I need when the church, I'm gonna lay these bills before the Lord and say, Lord, help me with these bills, these finances. I've been he's been doing it all these years. Hezekiah brought the letters from Sennacherib that he had sent, said he was to d- d- destroy Jerusalem. And he says, Lord, see what this man is threatening. Notice anyone that brings and casts all that cares upon Jesus. Because you, why? You know who can deliver you. Yes. Now I got people that I can maybe borrow a few dollars from here once in a while. God may point me to those people when I need help or whatever. God is the source who I come to. He can direct me to what means he used. He can use any type means. Sometimes he uses your enemy. But you go to God, ask him for your problem. The reason he destroyed Joram when his foot was hurting or whatever, because he sought the doctors first. Mm. Ahab didn't ask God about the property he went and told his wife. God killed both of them. Why? Because the wife was devilish. Because the godly solution lay with Nabob. Because Nabob said, I can't sell you my vineyard because it's against the word of God. So God had to destroy them two for killing him because they'd kill his sons too. His whole family had to be destroyed so an heir wouldn't be left. So when this happens, God shows you where to go. You have to ask him. There's a multitude of counselors that God uses and God has means, but ask God to direct you. Joseph was praying privately how to put Mary away and what happened. He told him, I healed him. he said, don't do it. Go to God in prayer. It tells you in prayer and supplication. Let your request be known to God. Don't go ask your neighbor now. Don't go ask this gossip down here. I'm not saying rule them out, but go to God first. Let him direct you. That, that's what they do. Raise their hands and clap hands. That was a sign of distress, of mourning, of deep grieving, and hands to God. That's why they come with hands to God. A lot of Religion, Islamic religion, you know they pray with their hands raised and on the knee because it's only thing can deliver us is the hand of God, not by our own hands, not by our means, and it's by divine means. How did they get out of Egypt? It was by divine means, it was by the divine hand of God. now just think you when I told you the Sabbath and God prepares things false or whatever. In Exodus 2:23 to 25 it says, "Now it happened after a long time, about 40 years, that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel groaned inside because of the bondage and they cried out, and their cry for help because of their bondage ascended to God." So God heard the groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the sons of Israel, and God took notice of them, and was concerned about them, and He delivered them by divine the means. Right? Right. Well, I tell you about waiting upon God and knowing that God's working, and that it's in God's time, and that God's hand is not slack; that He's able to deliver you. God has. Seeing this all the way back in Genesis, in Genesis he had told uh, Abraham that he prophesied that in about 400 years he would move the children of Abraham out of captivity. But he told Abraham to go about his business because the fullness of the times of the Canaanites hadn't been fulfilled. In other words, the Canaanites hadn't did all their sinning and everything, but I'm going to bring them back here. When I kick them out, I'm going to bring your family back here. Now, Abraham had to teach that to his children because to the day, to the very day, 400 and some years later, to the very day is the day they walked out of Egypt going back to Canaan. Now, the work God had did all the way in between that time, God wasn't sitting up there twiddling his hands or whatever. He says, the spirit do it yet work. God was working. But Joseph had been taught that by his father, Isaac, Mm -hmm. Jacob. That's why I like to have conversations with my sons and daughters and things that's in the Lord. I was out talking to him while I was working on my truck yesterday because you always look back and say, you know, my daddy told me this, and this my daddy had said this. What Joseph's father had told him about this prophecy, Joseph told his sons and told the children of Israel that were dying. He says, when I die, we're in Egypt here. Embalm my bones. but bring them back to Canaan. You know they brought their bones back and buried them in the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. They brought their bones back. Abraham had purchased a cave for the burial of his family. Mm-hmm. So during that time, though God had to work, His hand had to hold back Pharaoh while they was oppressing the children and everything, and give Moses' mother and father faith enough to put Moses into that basket to stick him in the river so that the Pharaoh's daughter could find him but his protected and his preserving hand was not short that he delivered them to where Moses' mother was able to tend to Moses and raise Moses up and tell Moses of these various stories that went on up the line to where Joseph was. Okay but during that whole time, God was working through other means to bring about his plans. So we see the hand of God is always busy in his power. We see the transformative power of what God's doing now. And if we actually believe that, we would start standing up. If we believe the gospel, it it out all fear because we know God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. Yes. You start walking by faith because now you're studying the word of God and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Yes. That's why you believe the gospel and that's what delivers you. He's in you. The deliverer is in you, guiding you and lead you in truth. All truth the anointing is what breaks the yoke. It breaks the yoke of bondage. It's able to deliver you. It's able to break. But Jesus Christ, it's all attributed to Jesus Christ. The focus is up on him. That's why He says, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. So if anybody else have any power, it's because God, I mean, Jesus Christ saw that they would have power as he told Pilate. You wouldn't have any power over me unless it was God that given it to you. I yes. yes. have power to take your life. You can't nobody take your life until God says it's your time. You can't die before your time. Mm. Yes. The stronger you get in God, the more God reveals to you to, the more people can follow and see your confidence, They see the confidence in you. The man on the thief on the cross. He says, you must be the son of God. He he didn't hear no whole lot of preaching and stuff out of Jesus and everything. But by observations of the way Jesus was doing, he says, you know, you must be the son of God. And that's because he believed Jesus said this day you shall be with me in paradise. So God heard them crying and praying unto, them, unto him. So these people... God isn't deaf. He hadn't grown deaf. He's not like us Sometime as we get old. We might not get hear as good. His ear doesn't go dull or have wax or anything in it. He hears you, but he's not answering you because your sins have separated you from him. So if there's a problem in your life. Maybe look within. The problem is with self and your actions and You may not be fooling nobody but you. The hand of God is able to empower you like it empowered the disciples in the book of Acts, the 11th chapter. It says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose after Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene who went They had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Because they believing what Jesus had commissioned them to do, he says, Go ye into all work, all of the world, preaching the gospel and making disciples, Mm -hmm. preaching and teaching. So that preaching and teaching. The hand of God goes with you. But what if some didn't believe? That, does that the the, this make the word of God of none effect? No. When divers were hardened, it's a lot of them don't believe. It's a lot of them believe man before they believe God. A lot of them believe tradition. A lot of them can't release some of the things.